0: I really don't like um, words like artist or integrity or courage or nobility. I have a kind of distrust of all those words because I don't really know what those words mean, any more than I really know what such words as democracy or peace or peace-loving or warlike or integration mean. And yet one's compelled to recognize that all these imprecise words are kind of uh, attempts made by us all to get to something which is real and which lives behind the word. Whether I like it or not, for example, and no matter what I call myself, I suppose the only word for me when the chips are down is that I am an artist. There is such a thing. There is such a thing as integrity, some people are noble. There is such a thing as courage.
1: Greetings, 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 good people, and welcome to another edition of Cat's Corner the Podcast. I am your host, Rissa Cat, Cat Look Day. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Tea Time. I have to kind of have, I need to figure out if we can have a little ding for that. Um, This is going to be part of the series of things that we do from time to time where I sit with a fellow creative and basically we just chat about whatever we're feeling. So today in the studio, we have the good Elise Perry. She is a multi-hyphenated creative that can be found behind the camera as a producer or director or literally behind the camera shooting it. She's also the president of the DC chapter of the Grammys. And because of her, things sound so crisp and clean because her studio is now my new home to record these podcasts. Hey, Elise.
2: Hey, girl,
1: hey. Already, we're going to act up. So I'm so excited that you are the first person to be part of the Tea Time part of the podcast. Yes. It feels good. Um, Today's tea is a really cool blend from a company called Zest. It's their Earl Grey. And I added a little bit of hibiscus and some brown sugar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's quite nice on this rainy day. The weather's been pretty gloomy and doomy all day. So this was a good... A good blend to have. So I wanted you to be the first one because, like, you my sister from another mister. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we get down. Yes. But I also wanted to reflect on the amazing time we had um, producing the virtual event for the NC Block uh, mm-hmm. crew out of North Carolina. And because I was in here working in your studio, I overheard you say recently, I don't know who you were talking to, but I was <laughs> in your business. And you said to the person on the phone, we have to rise above the biases and the marginalizations I think is the way you said it and I was like oh my girl is deep she'd be out here (laughs) talking that talk and I was like oh I'd love to not to get into business but that would be fantastic to talk about on tea time so yeah I wanted to I wanted to see if you wanted to reflect on that on those two things and then we can just go wherever the conversation takes us
2: well that conversation was talking about rising above biases In the musical space, there are people who are doing a lot of genre blending. Mm -hmm. And it's always a challenge for people that listen and ingest music. Mm -hmm. And where does it belong? Right. And so it takes a minute for people to get to the message. Sometimes the beat brings them in and and makes people say, oh, give it a break. Mm -hmm. That's such a long conversation. But I think that at that moment, I was talking about how... I originate a lot of what I do and think and choose from a space uh, of love or from the heart space. Mm -hmm. And the heart space, it really doesn't allow you to be a jerk. It doesn't allow you to be hate. Now, that's my interpretation. That's my perception. Mm -hmm. Perception is everything. But my perception is, is that the love space, the heart space only leads you to The right place that you are, where you are to be, where you to act from. So, for instance, love. Uh, Love is not just lovey-dovey or Mm lusty-lusty. It is the thing that is, it it is your armor. It is the armor that keeps you from hurt or hurting Mm -hmm. people. Love is the, it is the thing that helps you forgive yourself and others. It is empathy. Mm. It'll lead you to empathy. It'll lead you to sympathy. It'll lead you to not call somebody crazy right. when what you really have to understand is that somebody is experiencing something. Mm-hmm. They're having trouble. Right. And as soon as you can put yourself in a parallel space with somebody who's having that, then you have empathy and right. sympathy and understanding. Right. So how do you react to somebody when you know they're having an issue? Mm-hmm. How unkind is that? Um. So it's just like, a source. It, it it leads me to a source of understanding. So you just can't be a jerk, right? So I don't know. It's just living like that, and it, this is also sending you to. I was talking about signal flow.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, I always trace something to an or origination point, mm-hmm. and I think that the origination point from everything that I do begins at a heart space, a love space. Mm-hmm. And if I get it wrong, then it's more easily corrected. Right. So that's a huge thing. And it requires a huge conversation of which I am no psychologist, psychotherapist, or even genius in any kind of manner. I just know that that's where I trace things so I can understand and operate from
1: a pure point. This, ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> is why I love the good at least period. No, it's beautiful. And I think that it really, you know, it's interesting how some of the stops and starts have been important because when things start to flow, because I think my signal flow was blocked when I initially tried to restart this. And it took me some time to open things up and figure out where I wanted to go. Last week's episode dealt specifically with how I was reacting to my conversation with Sonya Renee Taylor. And what you're talking about is very much in line with what she says about radical self-love. You know, if you open yourself up to that space and you do some of these steps like, you know, reduce the toxicity that you're taking in, the conditioning, you know, the indoctrination that you've experienced around who you are and who you're supposed to be, what it should do or what it hopefully does is open you up to your full humanity, which then by nature Mm -hmm. opens the other person up so that you can see their full humanity. Mm -hmm. And if everybody did this, we might get to a better place where we aren't at each other's throats.
2: Imagine that. You know, imagine that. Imagine not having any blockers of bias. Right. Okay. There's the bias thing again. Mm-hmm. Prejudice, ego, whatever happened to you the other day when somebody <laughs> had cut you off in the, uh <laughs> In the street, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Can we clear all of that out? Right. And start from the place that's the most human? Right. And and this is without doctrine. Right. I mean, we got doctrine that we can refer to. Christianity, uh, Islam, Buddhism, Mm -hmm. all of this kind of says some of the same thing. Right. Honestly, they all say some of the same thing. Right. And I just put those tools to work Mm -hmm. more than I have ever done before. Because, you know... I'm unhappy in any other world, Mm -hmm. honestly. And I have never said some of this stuff in front of a microphone, in front of a person. I'm unhappy in the regular ass world. Right. It's kind of a
1: dumpster fire.
2: Because people are mean. Mm -hmm. People are jaded. People are misunderstood. People don't understand. And they aren't willing to get past that place. And what gets you to the point where you can actually get back that, past that place? Right. I'm willing. I'm willing. I just want to be able to be the best me.
1: This is honestly why the opening track is James Baldwin's The Artist in the Struggle with Integrity, because I genuinely believe that artists are probably the closest we have to the change makers, because to create requires a certain amount of passion, love. It requires an emotion that hopefully, if it's not from a place of anger, all the time is sustainable, but it also requires self evaluation and self reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why you see artists like true artists, not entertainers. I'm talking about two different categories, ladies and gentlemen. But how artists are keen to not do the same thing they did before. You know, part of that I see as true self reflection and self evaluation. And James Baldwin's speech, in particular, that is a speech that I discovered and I think I've talked about it on previous episodes before, um, when Oshin Lade did a mix for Mercury Retrograde, he used a portion of the speech in the mix. And I was like, I need to track down this speech. So I tracked down the excerpt, and then I was able to track down the full recording because I actually went to the place that was housing the actual recording. I was obsessed with finding out what the full message was. And the gist of it is that James Baldwin understands like his role is to write to bear witness mm-hmm. and to write what he sees. Mm-hmm. And if he does what he's supposed to do, there's power in in following that through because he knows that, you know, if he wakes up in the morning, if he survives another night, that his job of being this this observer, this witness is hopefully going to shake something up. I think the world we live in now has convinced us to believe that we got to get everybody to believe us the first time we put it out there or else it's a failure. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to realize that that conditioning is something I have to fight every day. It does count, even if nobody sees it. Mm-hmm. It does count. It does matter. And so when I heard what you said, I was like, that's, that's what Baldwin's talking about, is that we have a responsibility as artists because we do spend a lot of time self-reflecting. And asking questions of ourselves. We may not share that all the time, but the most vulnerable people I know happen to be the creatives.
2: There's a language to it, and we don't know it. Right. And it's funny. I said that, and my little puppy put his paws on me. Mm -hmm. The animal kingdom have the language, Yeah. but we don't speak puppy. (laughs) (laughs) There's a language, and we have to be able to access how to do that and part of that is what Sonia renee was talking about Mm -hmm. self-love when you love yourself Mm -hmm. when you know yourself when you feel yourself you know how to treat other people Mm -hmm. and you teach people how to treat you yeah but it takes you to do it first sometimes um some people don't come from a place where they had two parents one parent that showed them Mm -hmm. love People don't know what to look for. It's painful for me to see, and you know, so much jackleg psychology out Not here. Not jackleg psychology. Jackleg. Jackleg psychology. That's very, very old. But I love it. I've but never. I, heard of there's that. some things that just need to stay. Jackleg. <laughs> jackleg psychology, where the goal is really to just get other broken people to join in and create a large listener base, mm-hmm. and it's problematic to me. Yep. Even if some of what you say is true, Mm -hmm. a lot of what you say is damaging, broken, hurtful Mm -hmm. and uh, hateful in some cases. So, yeah, uh, it's problematic and it's painful for me to continue seeing that because people don't get helped. Right. People
1: don't get their lessons. Right. This is where the integrity comes in. Mm -hmm. This is where the work comes in, because it's really easy to touch the low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't take much. And there are enough people who need the distraction or think that it's a distraction that you'll find people who are going to kind of roll with it. But then I think about what we did last weekend with NC Block. Mm -hmm. You know, these folks, uh, NC Block is a consortium of black social justice organizations based in North Carolina, and they hosted a Malcolm X Liberation University Mm -hmm. based on the original that was done in the 60s as sort of a response to students feeling like the university systems weren't listening to them. And these folks were able to organize multiple workshops. You know, they have tons of content where they are hosting Zoom calls on how to, you know, fund your projects, how to check the voting rolls. Like, I mean, they are really educating people. And, you know, the thing I was telling Elise that I really, really loved about that project was that. We got a chance to come in and help them focus on the creating of the content Mm -hmm. because we made it look good. Mm -hmm. I think we did a fantastic job Mm -hmm. of making it look good. And um, shout out to Carter, the third part of that amazing triangle, being able to help people walk them through the technology, making sure that people had a chance to experience the entire aspects of what a multiple sensory situation could look like Mm -hmm. and making it just look and sound good Mm -hmm. was really, really powerful. And they got to operate in a fully committed and intentional space because they didn't have to worry about the technology. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people that I think should have known about that event or that probably would have benefited from being there. But that's not the low-hanging fruit. That work that they're doing is the heavy lift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Blue's younger than us. I mean, Blue is out here dedicating her life to to the empowerment all power to the people. Like they embody that whole all power to the people aspect. And I'm like, this is the work.
2: They're young and they don't approach it like we do. We had be careful, be right. careful, be careful. And I don't know, I'm not a millennial. And it's so interesting to kind of see how they are just fearless. Yeah. Um, I think there have been fearless people
1: before us mm-hmm. and fearless people with us. But
2: they, they have tools
1: though. They have tools, right. I think that their fearlessness looks like it's hanging out more than ours because they had tools. Mm -hmm. I also am fascinated by how they are very, at least that group of folks, very intergenerational. Yeah. Which I think is really brilliant as well. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of these new movements... They live in their movement differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They live in their movement so much differently than the people who raised us, the people who we watched, mm-hmm. the people who are on our newspapers and, <laughs> and, and on our news screens mm-hmm. from back in the day. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. And there, there's that right but, there. So, you know, our generation really looked at whatever was on the radio and on the TV as the great validator right and they don't need the tv they don't need the radio they will just gather together on a text chain (laughs) text thread and say yeah let's do this we're gonna meet at three o'clock right they got zoom they have all these different media sources new media distribution platforms where they can just do what they need to do Mm -hmm. and um they do it they get it done right so i can appreciate that
1: right Uh, and they have the tools they built it half of them built it so it's even better and there's equity, because one of the things that I have noticed is that a lot of these younger movements, um, they're intergenerational. So there is a place where they hold reverence for elders, mm-hmm. for folks who've been there. Like there was one of the um, special guests that appeared was, I can't remember his name, but the brother who was there when they created Mr. The, Ed. Mr. Ed. Something. I can't remember his last name. But he got to, I mean, I thought how cool that he gets to be there. Tell his truth, direct us to places that we can find more information. And he looked so genuinely happy to be included in the conversation that I was like, yo, this is the work. This is important because there are lots of folks who are part of those movements that never get highlighted because they weren't sort of the front facing on the TV radio person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, that integrity piece is important. And I this is why I think it's the creatives, you know all of them are DJs they they write poetry they're writers in their own work in their own way and part of their their self-evaluation was like oh i need to do more mm-hmm. like they're busy mm-hmm. and i just you know sometimes i'm like am i doing enough i don't know that i'm doing enough but i can't you know my political or social justice journey is is very different they're very committed and i appreciate them and i love being able to show up for them Cause we are like the aunties, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's kind of cool to be, you know, referred to in that way and to be able to hold space for them. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, whatever you tell us to do, we'll do it.
2: Mm -hmm. It's like, wow.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: respected aunties. Yes it's it's good to be that i didn't always like being called
1: auntie from people who weren't my nieces or nephews i've never minded it and i know people who have you know talked about how it can be used in a way that can be really dismissive but Mm -hmm. my experience with it like when students refer to me as auntie after they're no longer my students it's like oh okay i've graduated to something Mm -hmm. i don't mind it i don't mind it at Mm -hmm. all well
2: (laughs) You can't just call me auntie, auntie, auntie. You can't just do that. You have to. I what, have, what are the rules for for, for calling? Uh, we have to have an established relationship okay, of some okay. sort. Right, you right. You know, right. working, friendship, mentor, mentee, something. I don't know. You can't just walk up to me and just be like, all right, auntie. I'm like,
1: I would just like to have some form of relationship. Can we have a conversation first? This is true. Like, no one has ever referred to me. Is that without us having, like, I don't, no, no one's ever come up to me and said, I've been introduced as such, but not as uh yeah, no one has ever, like, on their own decided they're going to call me that. But I don't know that I would be offended. I've heard that conversation before. Yeah.
2: My good friend, Aja, she says the same thing. She really likes it. She said,
1: but, you know, there's a, there are barriers. and uh, not barriers. <laughs> uh, uh, boundaries. Boundaries. Well, boundaries. actually, this, this caused a storm when um Ava DuVernay was like, don't call me auntie.
2: Mm. I'm with her. <laughs> she feels like she's not old enough to be called
1: anybody's auntie. Yeah, and it's interesting because the age thing is also fascinating. Because mm-hmm. I think I don't know. How, she's in her forties. I think so. So I feel like I don't know. I mean, so in in my culture, you're referred to as an auntie if you're older. Mm-hmm. So if you're not someone's mother's age, like in our in my culture, even though I think our age difference is maybe a couple of years, couple of years. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Let's just jump that just, in a just
1: couple years. Let's just stop. Okay, a couple years. <laughs> you technically being my elder sister, yeah. I would have to refer to you as auntie, it, and it doesn't matter if it's only a couple years. Okay, so I come from a culture where <laughs> <laughs> you know what was in my mind.
2: <laughs> remember, remember, Lucas and Roots. He said, You're in America now. <laughs> <laughs> You were the now. You were now. You are so silly. I thought you were gonna talk about the t-
1: <laughs> Oh <laughs> man, this conversation has taken a turn. I was Everybody. not ready for that. I thought you were gonna talk about the time when you <laughs> when you shared when you told me she's like I got something to tell you and I was like, What? I'm gonna tell you my real age. <laughs> you did. Remember at a mm-hmm, Conference? Mm. And I was like, You're lying, I don't believe you. Yeah. And you had to pull out the you know pull out the ID. Pull out the ID and I was like is a fake ID. Like, it is not fake. I did not believe you.
2: It is not the fake.
1: Well, what's interesting, like I said, we were talking earlier and I was like, "Did they dip your generation in unicorn blood before they sent you out into the world? Because some of y'all are just not looking the age you claim yourself to be.
2: I mean, it's different
1: now. It is different now. It's different now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Post
1: 40 <laughs>
2: looks different now. It
1: does. Thank God. Because when I think about... My parents' generation's version of my age, oh, my God, it's dismal. It looks crazy. They're not having nearly as much fun as we are. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they did. I don't know. I feel like our parents' generation, everybody was tired. (laughs) We tied them out. (laughs) We tied them out. They were worn out. They were just trying to get us finished, to go to college and go be somewhere and do something leave them alone. I also think that, you know, societal expectations, I don't remember... I am part of a large crew of single, unpartnered women who don't have children. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of us. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember having, I think there was one aunt, one woman that I called auntie, who might have had some children in Nigeria and nobody knew, because that's (laughs) a thing too, but who was not married. And when she got married, everybody made such a big deal about it. But everybody else that I knew, every auntie I knew had an uncle that went with her. Like there was like a partner of some sort. And so I think one of the things that is different about our generations is that uh, there's more of us that are like just single out here living and not aging the same way because part of the reason our parents were aging is because they were parents and kids kids wear you out kids wear (laughs) you out you know as
2: aunties you can give them back oh my god I can't really give anybody back right now (laughs) my little bug lives with me she and her mommy they live with me. And I love it. I have to tell you. Yeah. That. I love it. And I don't mind. But, man, the pandemic. Ooh, that showed me the truth. It's, there's certain ages where one should just stop. <laughs> stop what?
1: Stop growing or stop? it?
2: Stop having kids. <laughs> Only having no children, no teeny children. <laughs> you cannot go into these advanced ages with them living with you. Oh, God. I don't know. But what do you consider advanced age? Advanced age is... <laughs> Post 49.
1: <laughs> okay, so I got one more year before I got one more got year, one more year and then it's like, listen, it's too, much. it's too much. Too much. Can I tell you how my stepmother the other day was chastising me about something? She's like, I'm still waiting for your children. I was like,
2: Look, lady. Ma'am. Look, lady.
1: <laughs> I looked around, like, who is she talking to? Mm-hmm. I was like, Well, like um, it's a ghost. I was like, on that note, good night.
2: Good I night. love you. I'll see
1: you later. <laughs>
2: That's when you run.
1: Well, you know, it's just it's, right, it's, it's just funny because I was like, y'all are still waiting for that? <laughs> no one else is waiting.
2: I'm not. No one is waiting. <laughs> We're moving to the next part of this podcast. That's <laughs> called Clowning.
1: By smart chicks, right? Smart dad, if you're listening, it's all good. It's all good. Yep, you know, it's all good. No, I think it's um. I was reflecting. So, anybody who follows me on IG, and this is not an invitation to follow me on IG, but if you do, <laughs> you happen to check in, you saw a picture of Pumpkin Number Ten, mm. and I was talking about Anti-Mame. It's one of my, and I've decided I'm gonna watch it this weekend because I haven't watched it in a long time. But mm-hmm. that's how impactful that movie was on me. And it's fascinating how a lot of the movies that still stick with me now are often the black and white Mm. um, Hollywood films. Like I I used to love watching them, but that was also because there weren't a lot of black people in these pieces. So, you know, once again, as a black person, I'm forced to take in this indoctrination that sort of white people live this life and black people don't. Luckily I wasn't, wasn't easy to, to convince or condition in that way. But I remember Auntie Mame is a story of this crazy little white woman who basically inherits, I think a (laughs) nephew and she has to take care of him, but she's been living this single socialite life and trying to find a husband. She's got money. Sometimes she doesn't sometimes. And what's fascinating is when you watch the movie, you can tell what's happening with her. I think I've talked about this on the podcast episode by how her living room changes. She's always redecorating. <laughs> but she has no money sometimes. And so she has to do things like work at a as a receipt girl at the mall or whatever. Mm. And it's, I think, set in the 1940s, 50s or whatever. So this idea of women working, you had usually single women worked. So if you were single and white, you worked. If you were black, it didn't matter. You were always working. So we watch her try to live her life. And her nephew son, he has to go along with it. Mm -hmm. So he grows up in this space of this aunt who's just all over the place. She's taking adventures. She's, you know, trying stuff out and she drags him along. (laughs) And I was like, I want to be Auntie Mame. When I was a kid, I was like, that's it. Auntie Mame is fun. Auntie Mame is fun because there were no Auntie Mames. Mm -hmm. There were no, there were no aunties who took me to like the museum. Or said, hey, come spend the night at my house and you can eat all the junk food you want and stay up late or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there were no, there there were no anti-mames. And so I decided that I was going to be an anti-mame. Mm. And so I was looking at pumpkin number 10 as he was sitting there mad that he had to read um, pages <laughs> before he could look at his iPad. <laughs> I was like, listen, we're not going to be on this iPad all day. Mm. I said, I worry about your brain. And I was like, yo, I've been able to achieve that. So I do think that our generation of aunties is really important because Gen Xers are, you know, we're in a class by ourselves. I like being a Gen Xer. Let me tell you why. We have the best
2: of both worlds. Yeah, we did. So we have now, Now, which is so advanced. And pretty interesting considering. It's totally interesting. It's going places. I'm still very interested in what we can do Mm -hmm. for the next. The next, absolutely. And then we have yesteryear. Where the foundations were built, mm-hmm. and so we know what we considered quote proper unquote. Right. It's foundation. So we have soft skills because of that foundation. Absolutely. Right. So this is why we are important. If we're not blown off by millennials and right. Gen Zers and boomers, and well, yeah, well, boomers, yeah, well, boomers need us because <laughs> who's gonna take care of them? <laughs> <laughs> They didn't say that. I did. But they need us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they need us. And but the young people need us too because I always say this. I was talking to this young uh videographer. So dude is like, Yeah, I got this camera, I got this camera, and got this camera, and blah, 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 blah. I was like, those are great cameras, bro. But check it out. Do you know why <laughs> you are using that? Right. Do you know the story that you are telling? Right. Because if you are not telling a story, you don't know the story, then you don't know that you might need a lens X. Mm -hmm. That might be a visual clue for you to tell a picture with bokeh, which is the blur in the back. Right. You know, everybody likes, oh, that's fine. That's fierce. Mm -hmm. That's cinema. They call it a cinema look in these cameras. Cinema Cinema, Ding. film. Okay. <laughs> so, but whatever gets you there, so right? Don't don't get me wrong, right? Because whatever gets you to the space where you can tell your story, that is exactly what you need, right? But what I'm saying is that they have so many tools and they're so cheap, and they have great pictures, right? But I remember telling one of my mentees years ago, I was like, "Your pictures are fire, mm-hmm. but your audio is trash, right? You've got if you want to have a full beautiful piece you got to treat your audio with the same love that you treat your video right you can't have one without the other it's just it's all negated right is it an audio piece right good if it's a video piece and you want audio with it it can't be trash right and it but so many people were okay with it being trash until they started hearing non-trash audio right don't get me going on that but I tell you, there's so many people out here who don't respect their own craft, but that's another conversation.
1: Oh, you sounded like an 80-year-old woman on the porch just now.
2: No, but it's the truth. No, I don't disagree Okay, with I'm not you. 80, but I'm but just saying. But you kind of gave me that, oh, these young whippersnappers. These whippersnappers, they're all here with trash on you. I used to go to these concerts oh before God. the panoramic, Right. and six out of ten times, I'm listening to our favorite artists out here sounding like
1: Oh my God! Oh, Let me tell you
2: something. there are
1: certain venues that I avoided for this vid. I'd be like, I don't care if Sade's coming. I'm not going because the audio is going to be trash and I don't even know why I'm here then. There's so much I can say about that,
2: but I'm glad that it's changing mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that I can be a part of that change by saying that to the right person who can receive that properly. Right. And make the correction. Make the correction. Make the corrections. Sit in there and listen or get get it together, get it right. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so expensive to go to concerts now. It is, man. We Your are audio going, better be tight. Oh my
1: god. We are going off subject, but I do
2: I don't know. I don't we, think we're going we, off we subject. We were talking
1: about a lot of different things. We but had, that's the whole point of tea time. Yeah. It's well, just whatever's on our mind.
2: Well, that's that's what was on my mind. We went there and I, you know, I want people to not be trash.
1: <laughs>
2: I want people to not be trash. I want their work to not be trash. I want people's thoughts. I want people's thinking and actions to not be, be trash. trash. Okay. And so my access point is through the heart. So what you going to do next person? I don't know. You know, I love the way you brought it all
1: back around. I can do that. I, listen. I'm a winner. You are a winner. You are definitely a winner. <laughs> and I don't even. I think that that is where. I think that's where we leave it. I think we should do this, just the two of us, every now and then. No,
2: this is fun. Maybe, you know, a bi monthly. Bi monthly. Anti's on the porch. The Anti's on the porch. <laughs> anti, anti sis. Oh, my gosh. The other word that so, has to have permission. <laughs>
1: Auntie sis. It's such a weird word for me. Um, my one of my she's a cousin, but our age difference makes auntie actually appropriate. And I was like, yeah, I was like, please, I can take auntie. Don't call me ma. That's a bit much. She's like, can I? I said, can you just call me sis? She's like, oh, okay. So we've been trying it. It's mm. it still feels weird mm-hmm. though. It still no, feels weird. Invitation. Invitate. Well, she's she's family, so it's. Um, okay.
2: nah, and you know, people throw sis out when they get when they get irritated. <laughs> nah, sis. I'm like, wait. <laughs> So my insides and my outsides don't always match. They don't. They don't match. So <laughs> to bring this all back around, the whole heart thing is so that my insides and outsides right. will match. Right. Okay? right, right,
1: right, right. Drink
2: lots of water. Mm. Stay hydrated. And, and stay in the right place in your heart so that when somebody is inappropriately calling you sis. Or auntie. Or auntie. <laughs> then you can just say... Oh, Elise is good. You can call me Elise. Yeah, that's fine. It's my first name. Yeah. yeah, You don't need
1: to do all that. Yeah, we cool. We're cool. Elise is great. I like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you did our takeaways because mm-hmm. usually like to end each episode's a takeaway. So leave from the heart. Yeah. Drink your water.
2: Drink water. What's
1: the third one? If you had to, if you had to end with a third takeaway, what would it be? Mm. Look at people.
2: <laughs> like that puppy looks at you. No, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's just. Okay. Okay. The best one that I could ever give you is mm-hmm. the one that was given to me all of my life. Do your best at all times. There you go.
1: There will never be regrets when you act in that way. Okay. So leave from the heart, drink water, and do your best at all times. That at all times. No so, regrets. So saith the good Elise Perry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that pop at the end? That pop was real. That was like some some porch pop. I love it. Mm. You got the serious and you got the silly all in. Listen, one. Listen, this is what tea time is going to be about. Tea I time. mean, this is this feels good. This feels like what we're, we're going to be doing, it and I'm loving it. So thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you. That closes out this episode. You got your takeaways. Mm-hmm. You got bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got you know add hibiscus to everything. And I mean, that's kind of my big takeaway. I like that. Oh gosh, hibiscus is so good. Anyway, mm-hmm. until next time. Be you and be well.
0: Hymns don't do this. Churches really cannot do it. The trouble is that although the artist can do it, the price that he has to pay himself and that you, the audience, must also pay is a willingness to give up everything, to realize that although you spent 27 years acquiring this house, this furniture, this position... Although you spent 40 years raising this child, these children, nothing, none of it belongs to you. You can only have it, you can only have it by letting it go.
1: Hey, folks, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you so much for listening to Cat's Corner, the podcast. If you would like to follow me on social media, please do so. I'm at K-A-T-S-K-O-R-N-E-R-C-O, Cat's Corner Go, on both IG and Twitter. You can also follow my company, Lil' So -So Productions, at LSP underscore on the go. That is both at IG and Twitter. And always feel free to come visit us at www.lilsoso.com. L-I-L-S-O-S-O dot com. Thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it.